Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. When our phones and computers run out of power, their glowing screens go dark and they die a sort of digital death. But switch them to low power mode to conserve energy, and they cut expendable operations to keep basic processes humming along until their batteries can be recharged. Our energy-intensive brain needs to keep its lights on too, and neuroscientists have uncovered an energy-saving mode in vision system neurons that works at the cost of being able to see fine-grained details. That's next. Quantum Magazine is an editorially independent online publication supported by the Simons Foundation to enhance public understanding of science. Brain cells depend primarily on steady deliveries of the sugar glucose, which they convert to adenosine triphosphate, or ATP. This fuels their information processing. When we're a little hungry, our brain usually doesn't change its energy consumption much. But given that humans and other animals have historically faced the threat of long periods of starvation, sometimes seasonally, scientists have wondered whether brains might have their own kind of low power mode for emergencies. Now, in a paper published in Neuron in January, neuroscientists in Natalie Roquefort's lab at the University of Edinburgh have revealed an energy-saving strategy in the visual systems of mice. Mice were deprived of sufficient food for weeks at a time, long enough for them to lose 15 to 20 percent of their typical healthy weight. And the researchers found that when the mice were deprived, neurons in the visual cortex reduced the amount of ATP used at their synapses by 29 percent. But the new mode of processing came with a cost to perception. It impaired how the mice saw details of the world. The neurons in low power mode processed visual signals less precisely, so the food-restricted mice performed worse on a challenging visual task. Zahid Padumsi is the first author of the new study. What you're getting in this low power mode is uh, it's more of a low resolution image of the world. The new work has received widespread interest and praise from neuroscientists, including one studying sensory and cognitive processes unrelated to vision that could be similarly altered by energy deprivation. It could have important implications for understanding how malnourishment or even some forms of dieting might affect people's perceptions of the world. It also raises questions about the widespread use of food restriction to motivate animals in neuroscience studies. There's a possibility that researchers' understanding of perception and behavior has been distorted by studies of neurons in a suboptimal lower power state. If you've ever felt that you can't focus on a task when you're hungry, or that all you can think about is food, the neural evidence backs you up. Work from a few years ago confirmed that short-term hunger can change neural processing and bias our attention in ways that may help us find food faster. 
In 2016, Christian Burgess, a neuroscientist at the University of Michigan, and his colleagues found that when mice viewed an image they associated with food, an area of their visual cortex showed more neuronal activity if they were hungry. After they ate, that activity decreased. Similarly, imaging studies on humans have found that pictures of food evoke stronger responses in some brain areas when the subjects are hungry compared to after they've eaten. Here's Burgess. You're driving into work or whatever, and you skipped breakfast that morning, and you know there's a McDonald's sign kind of quickly approaching in the distance. You're going to notice that sign. You're going to think, should I hit the drive through or whatever? Whereas if you had a nice normal breakfast that morning, you're going to drive right by not even noticing. The visual representation in the real world is the same. The photon hitting your retinas is the same, but the representation in your brain is very different. You sort of have this goal that your body kind of knows that you need, and it's directing attention in a way that will help satisfy that. But what happens after more than just a few hours of hunger? Researchers realized that the brain might have ways of saving energy by cutting back on its most energy-intensive processes. The first hard evidence that this is the case came from the tiny brains of flies in 2013. Pierre-Yves Placé and Thomas Priot of the French National Center for Scientific Research and ESPCI Paris discovered that when flies are starving, a brain pathway needed to form an energetically costly type of long-term memory shuts down. When they forced the pathway to activate and form memories, the starving flies died much faster. This suggests that turning off that process conserved energy and preserved their lives. But it wasn't known whether the much larger, cognitively advanced brains of mammals did anything similar. It also wasn't clear whether any power-saving mode would kick in before the animals were starving, as the flies were. There was reason to think it might not. If the energy used for neural processing were slashed too soon, the animal's ability to find and recognize food might be compromised. The new paper offers the first look into how the brain adapts to save energy once food has been scarce, but not non-existent, for a long time. Over a period of three weeks, the researchers restricted the amount of food available to a group of mice until they lost 15% of their body weight. The mice weren't starving. In fact, the researchers fed the mice right before the experiments to prevent the short-term hunger-dependent neural changes seen by Burgess and other research groups. But the mice also weren't getting as much energy as they needed. The researchers then started eavesdropping on the conversations between the mice's neurons. The mice viewed images of black bars oriented at different angles. The researchers then measured the number of voltage spikes, the electrical signals neurons use to communicate, sent out by a handful of neurons in the visual cortex. Neurons in the primary visual cortex respond to lines with preferred orientations, so if one neuron's preferred orientation is 90 degrees, then it will send out more frequent spikes when a visual stimulus has elements angled at or near 90 degrees. The rate drops off considerably as the angle gets much larger or smaller. 
Neurons can only send a spike once their internal voltage reaches a critical threshold. They achieve this by pumping positively charged sodium ions into the cell. But after the spike, neurons then have to pump all of the sodium ions back out. That's a task that neuroscientists discovered in 2001 to be one of the most energy-demanding processes in the brain. The authors studied this costly process for evidence of energy-saving tricks, and it turned out to be the right place to look. Neurons in food-deprived mice decreased the electrical currents moving through their membranes and the number of sodium ions entering. So they didn't have to spend as much energy pumping sodium ions back out after the spike. Letting in less sodium might be expected to result in fewer spikes, but somehow the food-deprived mice maintained a similar rate of spikes in their visual cortical neurons as well-fed mice. So the researchers went looking for the compensatory processes keeping up the spike rate. They found two changes, both of which made it easier for a neuron to generate spikes. First, the neurons increased their input resistance, which decreased the currents at their synapses. They also raised their resting membrane potential, so it was already close to the threshold needed to send the spike. Anton Arhipov is a computational neuroscientist at the Allen Institute for Brain Science in Seattle. I think it points to a remarkable thing, which is that the brain does like to maintain its firing rate. And to me, it's not obvious why it would do that. And also, if you think about it, different cell types, different neurons, for example, they have different firing rates. There is a huge diversity of different firing rates. And then there is this diversity between cell types But it looks like brains go to the great length to maintain firing rates, right? Even at the cost of precision. And that is telling us something fundamental about how important maintaining these firing rates are. After all, the brains might just as easily have saved energy by firing fewer spikes. But keeping the spike rate the same means sacrificing something else. The visual cortical neurons in the mice couldn't be as selective about the line orientations that made them fire, so their responses became less precise. To check whether visual perception was affected by the reduced precision of the neurons, the researchers put the mice in an underwater chamber with two corridors, each marked by a different image of angled black bars on a white background. One of the corridors had a hidden platform that the mice could use to get out of the water. The mice learned to associate the hidden platform with an image of bars at a specific angle, but the researchers could make it harder to pick the correct corridor by making the pictured angles more similar. The food-deprived mice easily found the platform when the difference between the right and wrong images was large. But when the difference between the pictured angles was less than 10 degrees, suddenly the food-deprived mice could no longer distinguish between them as accurately as well-fed mice. The consequence of saving energy was a slightly lower-resolution view of the world. The results suggest that brains prioritize the functions that are most critical to survival. Being able to see a 10-degree difference in the orientation of bars probably isn't essential for finding nearby fruit or spotting an approaching predator. 
The fact that these impairments in perception occurred long before the animal entered real starvation was unexpected. Lindsay Glickfeld, a neuroscientist studying vision at Duke University, says that was absolutely surprising to her. Glickfeld says somehow the vision system has figured out this way to massively decrease the use of energy with only this relatively subtle change in the animal's ability to do the perceptual task. For now, the study only tells us for certain that mammals can switch on a power-saving mechanism in visual cortical neurons. Here's neuroscientist Natalie Roquefort. For the brain in general, it's still possible that what we show doesn't apply, for example, for the olfactory senses. Maybe for whatever reason, the motor cortex or olfaction are more preserved than vision. We haven't tested, but it could be. Roquefort and her colleagues suspect it's likely to occur to varying degrees in other cortical areas as well. Other researchers think so too, including Maria Geffen, a neuroscientist who studies auditory processing at the University of Pennsylvania. She says neurons function the same across cortical areas. Geffen expects the energy-saving impacts on perception to be the same across all the senses, dialing up activity that is most useful to the organism in the moment and dialing down everything else. We don't use our senses to their limits most of the time. And depending on the behavioral demands, the brain is always adjusting. Luckily, any fuzziness that does appear is not permanent. When the researchers gave the mice a dose of the hormone leptin, which the body uses to regulate its energy balance and hunger levels, they found the switch that toggles the low power mode on and off. The neurons went back to responding with high precision to their preferred orientations. And just like that, the perceptual deficits were gone all without the mice ingesting a morsel of food. Here's Natalie Roquefort again. When we supply leptin, we can trick the brain to the point that we restore cortical function. That was a surprise. Since leptin is released by fat cells, scientists believe its presence in the blood is likely to signal to the brain that the animal is in an environment where food is ample and there's no need to conserve energy. The new work suggests that low levels of leptin alert the brain to the malnourished state of the body, switching the brain into low-power mode. A significant implication of the new findings is that much of what we know about how brains and neurons work may have been learned from brains that researchers unwittingly put into low-power mode. It's extremely common to restrict the amount of food available to mice and other experimental animals for weeks before and during neuroscience studies to motivate them to perform tasks in return for a food reward. Otherwise, animals would often rather just sit around. Here's Roquefort. One really profound impact is that it clearly shows that food restriction does impact brain function. So if you are interested in understanding how the brain is working, Using as a model food-restricted animals, you should take this into account. Otherwise, the changes you see might not be induced by whatever behavior you were teaching the mice, but actually could be due to the food restriction itself. Roquefort says the observed changes in the flow of charged ions could be especially significant for learning and memory processes, since they rely on specific changes happening at the synapses. Or in the words of neuroscientist Lindsay Glickfeld, It means that we have to think really carefully 
about how we design experiments and how we interpret experiments in terms of if we want to ask questions about the sensitivity of animals' perception or the sensitivity of neurons' perception when animals are doing a perceptual task, that there's kind of lots of different factors that maybe need to be taken into account. The results also open up brand new questions about how other physiological states and hormone signals could affect the brain, and whether differing levels of hormones in the bloodstream might cause individuals to see the world slightly differently. Runa Nguyen Rasmussen, a neuroscientist at the University of Copenhagen, noted that people vary in their leptin and overall metabolic profiles. Does that mean then that even our visual perception, although we might not be aware of it, is that actually different between humans? Rasmussen cautions that the question is provocative, with few solid hints to the answer. It seems likely that the conscious visual perceptions of the mice were affected by food deprivation because there were changes in neuronal representations of those perceptions and in the animal's behaviors. But he says we can't know for sure, since this would require that the animals could describe to us their qualitative visual experience. They obviously can't do that. But so far, there also aren't any reasons to think that the low power mode enacted by the visual cortical neurons in mice and its impacts on perception won't be the same in humans and other mammals. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Allison Witten's full article, The Brain Has a Low Power Mode That Blunts Our Senses, on our website, quantamagazine.org. And just a quick note about this episode. Natalie Roquefort, whom you heard from, is a member of the board of the Simons Initiative for the Developing Brain, which is funded by the Simons Foundation, the sponsor of this editorially independent podcast and Quanta Magazine. Maria Geffen is a member of the advisory board for Quanta. Explore science mysteries in the Quanta book, Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire, published by the MIT Press. Available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore. Also, make sure to tell your friends about the Quanta Magazine Science Podcast and give us a positive review or follow where you listen. It helps people find this podcast. <laughs>